Hi, I'm Jordan Laurel, and welcome to my show where we make the human experience magical through mental health, mindset, and manifestation. My story is one of radical transformation and rebirth. From depressed, disempowered, and dependent to flourishing within an incredible life I've created, this podcast is me sharing my process of overcoming and creating a magical human experience to help support you as you do the same. Tune in every Monday to feel empowered through stories, wisdom, and lots of super practical tips. Because I am proof, you can change your entire life and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome to the Magical Human Experience Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. I hope you had a great weekend. I'm excited for today's episode. I actually think it's going to be really, 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 really helpful because these the things I'm sharing have been really, really, really helpful for me. It's once again an episode that's not what I was planning on talking about. I had a whole really fleshed out outline for a completely different topic and then I just, it, it wasn't coming out right and just I wasn't feeling it and yeah, just been really releasing and surrendering lately and letting the universe just lead and guide me even when it's like last minute changes that feel very scary and I'm like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> but I have just, I honestly have just been learning to let go and trust and it's all been working out magically, if I do say so myself. <laughs> like it's, yeah, this is and this is what, what the podcast is about. It's like really being able to live in the magic of life, co-creating with the universe, and the things that have happened, the way they have aligned and things continue to just be crazy cool synchronicities. I'm like, this is worth it and I love it. And it's getting to feel safer and safer and safer, which is actually something we're talking about in today's episode. I'm really talking about how to feel safe in the present and what takes us out of the present and ways of being and living in the future in a way that is powerful and empowering and co-creating with the universe and living in the future in a way that is very disempowering and why we do that, how to get out of it and EFT tapping, which is a wonderful tool to have in your toolkit to really help with all of these things, feeling safe in the present, accepting and releasing blocks. We're going to talk a lot about subconscious rewiring and trauma and the nervous system and how that ties into manifestation. We talked a little bit about it last week, but I'm going a lot deeper in this week's episode. And yeah, how to then rewire and create a lot more safety and really empower yourself in your co-creation process. So very excited. Before we get into this week's episode, I did want to share this week's magic, which is smart sweets. I've shared these on my Instagram quite a lot and I just love them. I mean, I am not a big fan of processed food. I will be honest with you, but I am also not somebody who can eat clean 100% of the time. I I love yummy food. I love fries and candy and all of those things. So for me, I do indulge sometimes, but if I can, I try to find a healthier swap that kills the craving while also not doing as much damage as the real thing when I can. And Smart Sweets is one of those things. It is, oh my gosh, I'm looking at their Sour Melon Bites bag right now. I think that might be my favorite flavor, the Swedish Fish one. Or I forget, it's probably not called Swedish Fish because I think that's like the brand name for a real Swedish fish, but um, I'm sure they have another name that's similar to that. But those are my favorites. They're so delicious and they taste just as good, if not better than real candy. 
I actually prefer them to real candy because they're a little bit more balanced in terms of sweetness, but they have only three grams of sugar, at least in the watermelon bag, the sour melon bag. It has three grams of sugar and six grams of fiber. So it's way, way, way healthier than actually eating Sour Patch watermelons, which are so good. I feel like these taste just as good. They satisfy the craving and they're made with natural flavors and they're sweetened without sugar alcohol. So it's just so much better than the real candy and it really does the job which is kind of just, you know, all I could really ask for when I'm just, I really want some gummies and I don't want to eat real gummies. So I love Smart Sweets. They have a lot of other candies. They have like caramels, they have peach rings, they have lollipops, they have like actually twins to Sour Patch Kids. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I think they have uh, licorice, lots of fun assortments, Lots of fun options, and they're always coming out with more things. Uh, So yeah, if you have a sweet tooth but also are really health conscious, and also if you listen to last week's episode, you know how horrible sugar is for us. You're trying to cut back on your sugar. These are a really great way to satisfy your craving while also not subjecting yourself to a major sugar rush and then potentially focus problems, anxiety, depression, mood swings, all of that that comes with too much sugar. Random side note before I get into this because I almost cracked up as soon as I hit the record button because I turned off my fan, which I usually have on for background noise, and I just, Miko, he's got a couple extra pounds on him. He's not that bad. I took him to the vet and the vet was like, ah, not concerned, but like, let's not have him gain more weight, but he grunts now when he breathes. (laughs) He's like a little piglet. So I think I need to, I don't know. Either find like one of those automatic toys that like battery operated that will like run or roll around the apartment to just get more exercise in for him or figure out a way to make him not wake me up in the middle of the night if I don't give him kibble. I've been putting kibble out to keep him like content throughout the night. Otherwise, he's like waking me up and licking my face at 5 a.m. And it's just not exactly the vibe. I need my sleep. I need eight to nine hours of sleep to feel good and function and show up at my very best. Uh, And needless to say, getting woken up. And and he's not even, it's not like a one-time thing. It's like a very persistent thing. And I have to like get up out of bed to make him stop and go feed him. And then I'm like half awake. It's a whole thing. So I don't know. If you have any tips on how to get your cat to lose weight, please do send along because I'm at a loss. Maybe I need to stop. I don't know adoring him so much it's so hard to say no he's so cute it's yeah anyway let's get into today's episode so I was inspired to record a little magic bite which is my new mini podcast where I just share they're like you know three to five minutes here and there whenever I feel inspired and I have something to say and I don't have to edit so I can just kind of get things up quickly and in the moment it's just a very raw real, just, yeah, free-flowing podcast for me to just express myself and be the creative that I am without the production or the deadlines or, yeah, the pressure that can sometimes go into running a podcast like this where I have longer episodes and guests and I use professional podcasting gear and whatnot. So anyway, I felt inspired. It's always from, and that's, that's the beautiful thing though. It's like when you really are so committed to yourself and your growth because you're so committed to creating the most magical human experience for yourself that you can, which means, you know, feeling the feelings, processing them, figuring out what you need to from it all, integrating, and then 
healing. It's amazing how the things we go through can have a purpose. And it's really beautiful and redeeming and fulfilling for me because I feel like whenever I really do my work, (laughs) I often have amazing, beautiful things to share with you guys. So anyway, I was inspired to record that episode because I found myself ruminating and overthinking. And I spent a couple of hours working through it that morning. And this is something that has become a lot less for me. It probably doesn't sound like that because I talk about this stuff a lot on the podcast, but I don't find myself doing this much anymore, whereas it was something that I I used to overthink so, 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 so much. I'm going to get into why we overthink. But as I kind of did my whole process in kind of getting myself out of that headspace, I was like, I should talk about this on the podcast because this is something that I know so many people struggle with. I mean, the amount of memes on Instagram about being an overthinker, a lot of us struggle with this, either a little or a lot. So it's something that we all deal with. And I found it really helpful to understand why and kind of how to work through it and prevent it, have it happen less and less. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Okay, so why do we ruminate and overthink? And I just want to call out this, what I'm doing right now, asking why. If you can come with curiosity and compassion to anything that you're doing that you're trying to stop doing or you're like I shouldn't be doing this or I don't want to do this anymore or it's a negative thing I hate it whatever it is about yourself or even like a habit you're trying to change that you're not proud of any any behaviors that you want to change about yourself if you can come without judgment but instead come with curiosity and compassion knowing and understanding that there is a reason that you are doing these things it will change your life and it will make you changing so, so, so much faster and easier. We make sense. There's always a reason why we're doing what we're doing, even and especially the negative things, the self-sabotaging, all of that. We're doing it for a reason and a reason that makes sense. And a lot of it comes back to the nervous system and trauma and subconscious beliefs. And if you can just have curiosity and compassion for yourself and try to start unearthing why you're doing these things, I guarantee you, you're going to get so much wisdom and information that will help you in shifting long-term and healing along with it. So why do we ruminate and overthink? Well, it all comes back to safety and control. If you're spending a lot of time overthinking, maybe you know, you're going through a breakup or you just went through a breakup and you just cannot stop thinking about this other person and what are they doing? Are they dating somebody else? Why did it happen? Try or if your relationship is maybe going through, I've experienced this. I was literally ruminating and overthinking nonstop last fall. And I still, whenever I'm like really dysregulated and just feeling not safe, anxious, whatever, I find myself doing it. And I'm always like, okay, all right. And this is the process that I'm going to be sharing with you today. But if you can just first stop and understand like, okay, this is happening because you don't feel safe and you are trying to, your brain is trying to find some sense of safety via control. And it's definitely a false sense of safety, right? Like we can't actually control the future or another person, but we like to think we can because it makes us feel safe. It makes us feel less scary, less vulnerable. So we ruminate, we overthink to try to figure out the answers or what's 
you know, the problem or how to fix the problem or what might happen or, you know, all the different potential ways that the rug could be pulled out from under us so that we were prepared for all of it. Um, And I'm not saying that there's no merit in, you know, being prepared. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Sure, you know, it's really smart to try to set ourselves up for success and protect ourselves and be safe and stable. But ruminating and overthinking is going well beyond that. And it's actually not offering us any more safety or control than just a healthy amount would. It's just in our brain. We think that. And it can further play out with us than being extremely reactive and sensitive to our like current realities and what's happening in our current realities. It's like any little thing that happens. That means this will happen or that means that will happen. And so we're constantly in this state of high reactivity, which is extremely stressful and exhausting. It is not a way to live. When we are in fight or flight this often, it wears so much on our brain and our bodies and our adrenal glands. Yeah. So it's a very exhausting, we're not meant to live this way long term, but we're constantly just trying to predict, trying to control, trying to find some sense of safety through controlling what is happening in our physical reality. And this is honestly one of the biggest ways anxiety presents itself, right? Living in the future, worrying about the future, trying to control the future. You're constantly living in the future. You're not in the present. You're just trying to predict and control and you're focused on things that haven't even happened yet. Now, I'm going to give you another way of living in the future and focusing on things that haven't happened yet that's actually extremely empowering because most of the time we only talk about living in the future in the way from from the perspective of it's really disempowering, which anxiety is probably one of the most disempowering things there is, right? But manifestation is actually also living in the future, Sometimes, intentionally, and only for, for me, it's intentional, specific times throughout the day that I tap into the future in an empowering way. Because manifestation is quite literally, and I'm going to break this down for you, the opposite of anxiety. Because manifestation is, it's we're deciding what we want, we're believing that it's ours, and we're removing all the doubts and the fears and the limiting beliefs around it. It's the opposite of how most of us have been trained to work opposite of how most of us are wired, right? Because we've been we've been trained to operate by cause and effect. You know, something happens in our external reality and then that causes an effect in us and we're trying to create effects then. We're constantly reacting and responding to our external environment, trying to control it to create what we want. Whereas manifestation, we are causing an effect. So we are choosing what we want believing it's ours, acting as if, and that causes the effect that we've chosen and are believing in and want. It's literally the difference between being a victim to your external reality versus being the creator of your external reality. And this is what I call a manifestation mindset. You are intentionally living in the future that you want to have happen and then creating it from there. Now, I know like that sounds all neat and pretty, but then it's like, okay, well, <laughs> how do I feel safe? So I stop trying to control and seek safety through anxiety and overthinking and ruminating and whatever else, controlling and forcing things. Yeah, it's a lot, right? 
And this is why there's, there's so many, there's so much more to manifestation than a lot of like the TikTok trends and people are saying like, you don't just like make a vision board and then you're a super powerful manifester. It's not just about all of these things. They're really helpful, but this stuff goes so much deeper than that, right? It's really rooted in our subconscious programming and our nervous system and kind of related to both of those, any trauma that we have because trauma is we're going to constantly then get triggered if we haven't healed the trauma which is going to send us into fight or flight which is going to have us ruminating and anxious and seeking safety and control. So any kind of manifestation practice that actually works and leaves you manifesting powerfully and consistently needs to be trauma-informed and it needs to have elements where you are actually learning how to rewire your subconscious as well as regulate your nervous system and be able to heal these fears and blocks and things that are keeping us from manifesting what we want. Without that, you're just going to continue to, I'm going to, all of us, we are going to continue to block ourselves in everything that we want to manifest because we cannot manifest anything that our subconscious doesn't believe we can manifest or that does not feel safe to our nervous system. It just is not going to happen. Um, Even if you go back to the reticular activating system, right? If our subconscious believes deep down that it is unsafe for us to succeed, Our reticular activating system, which if you don't know what that is, the RAS, it's basically the system in our body that filters everything that comes in through our senses so that we're not like constantly overstimulated. Can you imagine if every single like smell and sound and like thing that you see, if you had all of that being sent to your brain all the time, so much stimulation, we would just be in constant overdrive, right? The reticular activating system filters what's important and just delivers that information to your brain, which is why when you're like shopping for a red car, all you see is red cars Um, or yeah, you're looking for a single guy or whatever. You're single. You really want a boyfriend like you're noticing all the hot single men at the gym. It's it's showing you what is important to you, but it's also showing you what you believe. So if you deeply believe that success is unsafe from past trauma that you have or whatever belief system your parents instilled in you or your culture, your reticular activating system is going to block the potentials for you to succeed. It's going to block your success because it doesn't feel safe with that. It's such a powerful tool that we can use to our advantage because if you start your day deciding and setting the intention that you're going to have a good day, you're going to look for all the reasons why your day is going really well. If you spill your coffee in the morning and you decide, oh, it's going to be a shitty day, your reticular activating system is just going to be filtering the bad things to further confirm that intention or belief that you set for the day. And our subconscious beliefs are so much sneakier and more powerful. It's Oh, it's 90% or more of our brain that our subconscious makes up, right? So that is way overriding your conscious beliefs most of the time. Repeating the new beliefs that you want to have, like affirmations and stuff, it does rewire your subconscious over time. But there's deeper and faster subconscious rewiring work that you can do to support yourself in actually manifesting and creating what you want and unblocking yourself. So I want to just share with you what I've been doing that has been really helping me. So whenever I'm feeling anxious or dysregulated, I, I, I first become aware and I notice and I try to come back to the present and to my body. And what helps me the most with doing that right now is breath work. It not only slows down my mind because when we're really anxious or in a heightened state, 
our brain is racing. It's in high beta. High beta is really great for, for, you know, when you are in danger or when you're in a high stress situation, you're super high functioning, but it's just, it's actually damaging to our body. I mean, stress is called silent killer for a reason. We're not meant to be operating in fight or flight all the time. We don't want to be living there. So breath work is an easy way that you can get your brainwave slowed down to either normal beta, which is, you know, just normal analytical critical thinking, or even better alpha, which is more of a creative, relaxed flow state. And then if you want to drop even further into theta, that's more of a meditation state. But breath work can really take you as far down really as you want to go. Depends on how long you do it. Just slows you down. It also helps connect you to your body. A lot of the time when we are really anxious or in fight or flight, we're mind-body connections out the window, right? We are not connected to our body. And so just connecting to our body can be really helpful. Some other things I like to do is just like hug myself or go for a walk, touch my surroundings, just notice my surroundings. There's lots of things you can Google it if you want more ideas of ways to kind of come back to the present if you're struggling with being in the present. Uh, But the next thing I want to talk about that is so helpful for kind of all of what we've been talking about is something I've been getting into more recently and I'm really loving, EFT tapping. And EFT tapping is really powerful because it is not only helpful for regulating your nervous system, it's also, especially when paired with positive psychology, helpful for rewiring your subconscious. It's kind of like emotional acupuncture because you're tapping on and stimulating your meridian points. So again, awareness is really helpful. Being aware not only that I'm anxious, but then also trying to become aware of why I'm anxious. What's coming up for me? You might need to spend some time journaling or just sitting with yourself for a little bit and allowing whatever's coming up to come up. It's almost always stemming from fear. So if you can ask yourself, what are you afraid of right now? you'll probably have some things come up for you. And then this is why EFT tapping is so powerful because it involves acceptance. And I've talked about acceptance quite a few times. I have a blog post on anxiety. Um, I've talked about it in several of the podcast episodes I've done so far on my Instagram. Acceptance is one of the most powerful tools we can pull out of our toolbox when we are having a hard time. I've quoted this as well before, but I love this quote, which I got from Amanda Francis, who is a really great money manifestation coach. But psychologist Carl Rogers says, the curious paradox is when I accept myself, then I can change. Acceptance is key for being able to shift anything that we want to shift, whether it's within ourselves or in our external reality, whatever it might be, we have to accept it. And EFT tapping, once I've gotten clear on why I'm anxious, or if I can't, if you can't get clear on why you're anxious, you can just accept the fact that you're anxious. So I'll start tapping and I'll tap on the main tapping points, which is top of head and then above your eyebrows and then the sides of your head and then your cheeks and then above your upper lip and then your chin and then below your collarbones and then below your armpit. I'll usually only do one side and then tapping your wrists together. So those are kind of the tapping points that I do. And I go through and I'll say, even though I'm anxious, and then if I have any specifics knowing why I'm anxious, even though I love and I accept and I forgive myself. And this acceptance is just so incredibly powerful, but it also involves release. You will be so shocked at 
the things that you release when you start doing this. The way it regulates our nervous system, it allows us to release things from our body. And until we release them from our body, they're stored in our body and they are blocking us. So I love this practice because it's so incredibly powerful. I end up crying a lot of the time. Uh, I'll sometimes really get deep with understanding where some of this stuff comes from like I'll end up seeing like my younger self or having flashbacks to when I was a kid and seeing the things that maybe it made me feel like I'm not enough or made me feel like I need to be perfect to be lovable or you know I'll, I'll get to the kind of the root of where some of those really icky limiting beliefs came from worth issues confidence issues fear fear around like just things not working out or the rug always you know about to be pulled out from under you or whatever you know we I have these I have them too we all have these fears we learned because of how we were treated or how our circumstance was or other people put on to us or we saw our parents with them or you know parental figures that we looked up to who had them and we adopted them wherever they came from a lot of the time I get a lot of insight into where some of these fears that I'm feeling in the present are coming from and I'm able to just release them And I I just, I thank, I forgive, I thank them for trying to protect me. So I really make peace because ah, we spend so much time resisting the negative feelings and emotions because they're scary and we don't want them. We want them gone. But it's that curious paradox. It's we have to make peace with them because they're trying to help us and serve us and protect us. And if we can make peace with them and then even kind of understand where they're coming from, we can actually really release them and once we've released them and cleared the way, then we can input new, better beliefs in. And it just, it really wires those new beliefs more powerfully than just affirmations, I find, or just journaling. Because uh, again, our nervous system is regulated, our brain waves are slower, our analytical mind is less present, just like with meditation when our analytical mind is not present because we're in theta. The subconscious rewires so much faster when the analytical mind is not getting in the way our brain is more suggestible. So I then will put in new beliefs. I've been really working on feeling safe because I have uncovered over the last few weeks that I really don't feel safe deep down. And so I did a lot of work trying to uncover, like, why don't I feel safe? Um, And just realizing I didn't feel safe for a lot of my childhood, um, which very interestingly enough, if you are, if you're somebody who finds themselves constantly trying to control the environment or control other people to try to feel safe and it's not like a manipulative control right like but you you always want to make sure everybody around you is okay or happy and you're you're so stressed out about somebody being upset with you or just even if they're upset in general like this used to be me like whenever Jeff would be like I don't know he would be it could have nothing to do with me but he was stressed out or anxious or dysregulated I would then become stressed out anxious and dysregulated (laughs) and this stems from you guys need to check out the holistic psychologist. I got her book um, and it's coming in the mail and I'm so excited to read it. It's how to do the work, but I follow her on Instagram. I read like all of her Instagram posts. They're so informative. But when when we're like this, when we're constantly like in fight or flight or anxious or trying to, you know, protect ourselves or control the environment or other people, it's called hypervigilance. Um, It's a very exhausting way to live, but it often stems from childhood that was chaotic um, and we had a lot of dysregulated people around us. And so we had, we felt we had to control the environment and regulate other people in order to keep ourselves safe. Um, We we had to do those things, not 
thought we had to, oftentimes we had to do those things. So if you, if any of that resonates with you, highly recommend checking out her Instagram and her work. Um, I'll link it in the show notes. She is amazing and has also been so helpful for me in really understanding myself. Like, you know, sometimes we feel like, sometimes I, I won't speak for all of us. Sometimes I feel like a mystery to myself. Like, why do I do these things? Why do I self-sabotage? Why am I anxious about this? Why do I feel this way? And again, there's always a reason or most of the time there's a reason. It usually always comes from somewhere. And I love her work because she really helps us understand why we are the way we are. Um, And it's very trauma informed um, and childhood trauma informed. So incredibly, incredibly amazing resource, especially if you have a lot of childhood trauma. You will probably learn so much about yourself and understand yourself so much better. And then from that place, be able to love yourself so much better. That has been my experience. But yeah, anyway, back to EFT tapping, you can then replace with these better beliefs. And I have, I have felt a shift. I've really only been doing it for a couple of months, but that combined with embodying work, which I'm probably going to get into in some of the upcoming episodes. I'm really excited about an upcoming episode with Amanda Bucci. She's going to be a guest. She is incredible. I followed her for a while because she actually, her now husband actually was good friends with one of my former roommates um, and just, but I found her account, her stuff so inspiring. If you're an entrepreneur, she's great, but she's going to be coming on the podcast because she has a book uh, about, especially about content creators, but it's about self-perception, which really, really it's tied into all of this stuff because we really do create a lot from how we perceive ourselves. So lots of fun conversations to come on the podcast, but yeah. EFT tapping is just a really, really great way to like release some of the trauma, the things that are deep down that are blocking you and rewire, help yourself start to feel safe with what you want to call in and manifest, help yourself feel safe in the present. And all of those things are going to have a profound effect on you and your reality and your manifestation abilities. Anyway, I hope this episode was helpful for you guys. I have just, yeah, found this to be so powerful in really helping me heal and work through and release some of the things that have been blocking me. And I'd been confused about like, why am I blocked in this area? Like, this is so frustrating and following my own steps, what's going on. And, you know, just a lot of the time, these things, when we're blocked around something, we're doing everything else right. It's because of deeply rooted some conscious beliefs or unhealed trauma that whatever we want doesn't feel safe to our nervous system. And so our work is then to kind of figure out those areas and do the work to help them feel safe to our nervous system, which I do want to mention, I have three coaching spots open this April. If you want help around identifying and working through your blocks, this is probably my favorite part of my manifestation coaching. I really, really love helping people dig deep and uncover what is blocking them and where it came from. I don't know why I feel like maybe because I've gotten so good at doing it with myself, I tend to be really good at helping other people with that. So if you want help and support with that, I have a couple of different coaching packages available, something shorter term, something longer term. I am going to start offering group coaching, which I'm very excited about in the coming months. So stay tuned for that, but definitely reach out. Let me know. We can hop on a discovery call and see if it's a fit. And yeah, I would be so honored to serve you and help you create the life that you really deserve because most of the time I find those of us who are like doing this work like it's usually people with amazing beautiful good hearts and we've just had a lot of shit happen to us that is holding us back and 
the last thing we want is for the trauma that we had to endure be what holds us back from living the beautiful, expansive, magical lives that we want and so, so, so deeply deserve.